Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Matt Chambers, CIO at Baylor Scott & White. In this segment, Chambers talks about how the best strategy for merging two organizations is to reboot, why he's in no rush to switch out the EHR system at Baylor, and what goes into a clinical architecture layer cake. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Mimecast, the leading provider of cloud-based secure messaging, email archiving, continuity, and security solutions. To see how Mimecast can help you avoid appearing in the wrong kind of headlines, call 1-800-660-1194 or visit Mimecast.com. One of the things I had read was that um, Scott and White was in the middle of, of a big bang EMR and revenue cycle implementation. And so how did, how did those plans change if they did have to change just because, you know, your, your, your role all of a sudden is different? Well, actually, they didn't. Um, so for Scott and White, those, the EHR implementation, EMR implementation, and revenue cycle implementation went on as planned. Um, when I became the, the CIO of the merged company, um, we laid out a very simple vision for IT just for, you know, the first six, nine, 12 months, uh, you know, just a few things that we wanted to focus on. Number one is stability. Um, so w- there have been turnover in both organizations at the executive level as there's been, you know, changes in leadership. Obviously, uh, the, the prior CIO at Scott & White had retired and I'd come in. Um, so I was relatively new there. and We had launched a uh, an aggressive IT transformation uh, effort that was, went beyond the HR, went across everything, our ERP, um, you know, ITIL process implementation, IT service management improvement, just a ton of things we had going on. And, and as you said, a big bang EHR implementation going on. And then at Baylor, uh, there had also been some turnover as um, the, the longstanding CIO that a lot of folks know on the national stage is David Muntz, who uh, went on to Onkit as a deputy director. And um, I was fortunate to work for David. He was a great client of mine for many years and had a ton of respect for him. Um, but, you know, I think he had his calling to go do things in, in D.C. And um, so there had been a, a time there when uh, Baylor didn't have uh, a CIO in place a permanent CIO. And so the first thing we said is, hey, we, we just need stability. So I said, hey, everybody, my name is Matt Chambers. I'm the new CIO. Um, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, let's keep <laughs> doing good things. And, and hopefully I'll be here for a little bit. Um, then that's the, the, the other thing we talked about is um, continue working on those important platforms that we're working on, right? Like you said, we had uh, a big EHR implementation going on at Scott & White, uh, 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 big uh, EHR implementation finishing at Baylor, so we said let's let's finish those things we started. And then the last thing we said is let's define our vision for what are we going to be going forward. And as I said, um, this was a great time for us to reboot our strategy. And it wasn't just a strategy for merging; it was really a strategy for how do we be how do we become the IT engine for um, you know Joel Allison says he wants to be one of the top three systems in the country. Um, Personally, that's, you know, in my mind, that's win, place, or show. I, I like to win. So I want to be mm-hmm. the best um, IT shop in healthcare. And, and frankly, I don't know why I'd limit that to healthcare. I'd like to be the, the best IT shop there is. Right. What is the system that, that is in place at Scott & White, which HR system? Um, so, so Scott & White, the work that I did at Scott & White as a consultant was to come in and do an IT strategic assessment and understand where Scott & White was um, in terms of our – 
EHR and our revenue cycle capabilities, as well as just the overall IT support and staffing to support it. Um, to find out if, if we were adequately prepared for ICD-10, meaningful use, and all those all those things that you talk about, right? So um, we did the assessment, and we had a longstanding outsource arrangement that wasn't really uh, giving us the best value in terms of uh, an integrated clinical record. Scott & White is, is relatively unique. There's probably like, you know, a dozen systems like that in the country. There was actually a Dr. Scott and a Dr. White that were the, the – uh, they opened the railroad clinic or the – the clinic for the Santa Fe Railroad, you know, over 115 years ago in Temple, Texas. And so they started out as a clinic first and then started building hospitals so they could control the quality. So it's all about integrated care. And, you know, that ambulatory, inpatient, post-acute uh, integration. So when we did the market survey, what we found was the best choice for us was Epic. And, you know, the markets uh, clearly go into integrated clinical records, you know, a single patient record. I know there's a lot of solutions around HIEs and other things to help integrate it, but in my mind, there's there's um, as, and I grew up as a software developer years ago. I'd say there's a big difference between having one record and trying to integrate to to build one record. Right. Um, so that's that's the route that we went. Um, and so Baylor, of course, is uh, a longstanding Allscripts uh, originally Eclipsis uh, inpatient EHR with. Um, GE Centricity in the outpatient setting at, at our Health Texas Provider Network. And so um, the number one question I get is, when is Baylor going to Epic? <laughs> my, resp- my response to that is, um, I-, I don't know that we need to. You know, we're, we're still trying to figure that out. We're trying to understand the benefits and the risks and the costs. And uh, there's a huge switching cost when you um, start to ponder these things. And Allscripts has been a good partner for, for Baylor for many years. And so, um, you know, we're not in a big rush to to go and make a bunch of changes that aren't needed. So this is one of those, to put it very simply, if it ain't broke, don't fix it types of scenarios. So we've got to understand what's the the best model for us going forward. And then in our central division, as as the former Scott and White footprint is known, we've got um, another big bang left in uh, September. And so, you know, then we'll be done. uh, and we can focus on continuing to optimize that platform, the central, just as we're in the north. Right. Right. Now, you talked a little bit before about people kind of being attached to, to the system that they have, and I'm sure that as the, the well, the new CIO at Baylor, I want to say, but, you know, the people who came from Baylor, you know, they, they you're now their CIO. Maybe it's something where you didn't want to necessarily walk right in and say, okay, now you are all switching to a different system, because I'm sure that that has to be handled in a certain way. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it, it goes beyond just IT, right? As, as the IT operator, um, the easiest way for me to drive synergies and, and ensure that we're reducing internal costs so that we can um, reduce per capita health care spending is to go to one platform wherever possible. And in some areas, that's really simple, right? You know, so... So let's talk about email, right? There's there's actually a lot more. Uh, ironically, there's a lot more emotional attachment to email than you might expect because it's it's the one piece of IT that, you know, nowadays people work out of it 90% of the time. And um, so we had a, an outsourced arrangement with Microsoft in the central division, and we have hosted internally in the northern division. So, but good news is they're both they're both exchange. So we're looking at this and understanding what's the model that we want to use going forward. Um, and then there's some interesting things out there in the marketplace now that Google will sign a BAA, you know, so all of a sudden now um, corporate uh, Google is a possibility. So anyway, 
that we're going through that in every single spectrum of IT, the applications, the infrastructure, staff capabilities. And so we're doing that in the EHR as well, but you can't just come in and say, hi, I'm from IT. I'm here to swap out your EHR. Um, right. So we've had um, a new governance structure we developed that has uh, very, very active involvement from a multitude of clinicians, both in the and central. And that's the most rewarding part of my day is when um, when we have one of these discussions and the clinicians are the ones driving the discussion. You know, our chief medical information officers, both the North and Central, um, some of our chief medical officers of our largest uh, hospitals, and they're the ones that are having the input and the debate around systems, which, you know, that, that warms my heart because then it's not the IT guy talking about the systems, it's the users. It's the, right. the people who should own them taking that ownership stake and then you know then you you sit back and let them drive that discussion and I think that's important that they own it. Yeah, absolutely. Um you you want you want to have that have that engagement from the from the clinicians too. So n- nobody wants to feel like something's done being done to them. Right. <laughs> I worked for a I worked for a guy years ago um when I was in IT in another industry, and that was one of his key tenets of system implementations is we're going to do this with you, not to you. And, right. and you know, you, you pick up a little bit from everybody you work with along the way, and that was a that was an important one that I learned back then. Oh, sure. Now, um, you talked about some of the, the, the things you'll be working on going forward, like, you know, that post-implementation optimization, and are, are you also looking at things like, uh, you know, analytics? Yeah, absolutely. The, the four... Um, big things that we've got on our plate right now are we, we call it our clinical architecture. We're really trying to define what is our healthcare IT, what's the what's our clinical foundation uh, and operations foundation for the next decade. And we've developed something that, that I've taken to calling the layer cake. I actually heard somebody else describe their architecture as a layer cake the other day, so um, I, I thought I was being innovative. Maybe I'm copying. I don't know. But... Um, so the layer cake, is, as we've defined it, um, it's it's really four distinct layers that um, that are really all merged together when they work effectively. So number one is the, is the EHR, it's the foundational layer. So um, that's that single enterprise patient clinical record that we talked about. Um, and that's the underpinnings of everything. And some people have said, well, you know, why are you even talking about that EHR has become a commodity? And I don't disagree, but the true definition of a commodity is it's got to meet a certain set of criteria before it begins to be differentiated on price. And so some of those players in that space don't really meet that definition because they don't all have the same uh, set of capabilities. So I think I think you can call it a commodity as long as it meets the entry criteria. And so that's kind of part of the evaluation we're going through. Um, so... You know, moving on to the next layer then is is the connectivity layer, and that's where you know you hear a lot of discussion around HIEs and different models, and of course uh, a lot of different vendors would say that they uh, can um, you know abstract that that clinical record so that it's invisible and and you can create that virtual patient record in that connectivity layer, and that's something that remains to be seen for us. But that's another section of our strategic study that we're going through is that. Uh, interconnectivity or interoperability layer. And the next layer up is the analytics layer. And so once you've abstracted all those various data sources and um, governed them effectively and, and found 
uh, unified architecture to describe those different elements, then, then you can drive value out of the analytics. And so that's that third layer, and that's something that we're going to be focused on. Uh, we, that's one of our subcommittees that we've formed. Is we, I think we call it our um, business intelligence and analytics subcommittee. Um, and it's actually chaired by one of our chief medical information officers and, and uh, one of our senior leaders in finance, one from each division, so that it gives us a broad um, overview of the organization and, and our needs. And then the last layer on top of that is one that we haven't invested in as much historically, um, but you're really starting to see more investment and more attention paid to it is that care coordination, really a population health mechanism. So that, in my mind, from an IT perspective, it's, you know, how do you draw a closed loop back that says layer one is you've got this, this patient record, layer two is you connect it across all uh, points of care and the continuum of care because we've got a lot of different sites now, some with joint ventures that will never be on that single EHR or that single clinical record. So how do you connect them? Then once you're able to connect all that, you go up to the third layer and you derive intelligence around it and, you know, if you identify that 5% of our population that, that produces 50% of our cost, then you take it to that top layer and that care management, care coordination piece, then they need to intervene in the care of those patients and the care of that population. And, <clears throat> excuse me, our most fragile, most at risk, et cetera. And that's the closed loop that goes back down to the bottom layer that says, these are the interactions you need to be taking in the lives of uh, those populations. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.